This is Noah Kadner, and you're listening to the Virtual Production Podcast. Connie Kennedy is the head of Epic Games' Los Angeles Lab and responsible for industry, education, and adoption. She also helps with the company's Unreal Fellowship, a popular ongoing workshop series designed as a boot camp in Unreal Engine for visual effects professionals. Before that, she spent many years producing and coordinating visual effects. As with many of our successful guests, Kennedy's path to Hollywood started in an unlikely location. I moved to Canada and I was living on one of the Gulf Islands. And so many people think that I got into film because my sister and brother-in-law helped me get into film. They had nothing to do with me getting into film. I actually started by working on a small, independent Canadian film that was about a million dollars. And we brought the whole circus over to one of the Gulf Islands and shot on Galliano Island. And it was a film that won 11 different awards at the film festival. But it was not something that was a well-known movie. Because when people ask me, how do I get into working on movies? I've said to them, A lot of it is just being in the right place at the right time and taking advantage of the circumstances. Because I think there's so many different skills that people bring to the effort that it's not something that you necessarily go to school and learn. After her initial positive experience with her first movie, Kennedy realized she needed to specialize in order to make it into a career. So she carefully studied the different jobs on a production. When I looked at the creative process of making a film, I wanted to work immediately, of course, with the people that were directing, that were designing, that were putting together the look of the picture. And I realized that that probably started with locations. I, of course, had no idea that there was a job like location scouting But once I got on a set and realized that this was a function of making movies, I thought, this sounds great. So it wasn't a matter of someone showing me what to do. It was just reading a script, breaking it down, thinking about where this could happen. Kennedy happened to be interested in still photography, which turned out to be very well suited to location scouting. I had a couple of different cameras. I would go out... And once I had broken down a script, I would determine the area of the province where I thought it would work. And I would take pictures that were tiled to create a panorama. I would set it up in a file folder and I would create the narrative for the designer and the director so that they could walk through the location. You know, the interesting thing about doing photography for locations is I tried to take the very best pictures I could. I tried to make it look great. I'd wait for the right light. I'd get the right angle. And I realized very early on that that wasn't what we were looking for. We needed to know what was really there, not what I wanted it to look like, but what it did look like, what was real. So it was important for me to take the things that worked and the things that didn't work and to display everything about the location in a way that would allow us to walk through it without actually being there. We could work on anything from an independent Canadian film that was low budget to a TV series, a commercial film. 
I realized later that that wasn't really the experience of a lot of people in Los Angeles. It tended to be segregated where you worked on film or you worked in television or you worked on commercials. Kennedy enjoyed several years working on various projects in Vancouver as the area gradually became a hub for major American productions. She also began to gravitate from location work to post-production. My career moved into predominantly working on larger pictures and then also setting up for visual effects. Increasingly, films were calling for green screen work, which meant that we had plate photography that needed to be set up. There were different shots that required match moving and pano scans. And I began to realize that there was a lot more to this than what I'd seen because the post-production side of it was not something that was necessarily happening in Vancouver at the time. All of that was happening back at ILM in San Francisco. It was going back to Los Angeles, especially on the movie Dreamcatcher which was a Larry Kasdan film. Fire and will! Fire! I thought, you know, maybe I'll go to ILM and check this out. I spent about a month at ILM watching them put together the green screen shoots, the post-production process for some of the shots that we'd set up with plates on location. And I was flabbergasted at how many people were involved. And I started to become increasingly intrigued with the process and realized that this was where filmmaking was headed. And it was daunting at first to think, well, do I need to completely start over again? Bitten by the visual effects bug, Kennedy took a major career risk and relocated from Vancouver to Los Angeles. I began by sitting in on Garfield the cat. <laughs> Mouse! No thanks, I'm full. And taking notes on animation. I realized that that wasn't really what I wanted to do, but it was an interesting process to understand all that went into putting together animated characters. I then moved into coordinating. I did War of the Worlds. You ever see something like that? Springtime, maybe. Not this time of year. And then I moved on to coordinating Van Helsing in Prague. Why is it so important to kill this Dracula anyway? Because he's the son of the devil. I mean, besides that. And that was another experience where I was helping to set up the plate shots and visual effects that ILM was doing. I began to realize that there was a whole aspect of organization that was needed for digital asset management. And I was asked to work on the movie Tintin, and this was a completely animated feature. That young man, what's his name? Him. Everybody knows him. That's Tintin. Didn't require any physical locations, any physical production. But the process of filmmaking was similar. It all took place on a stage. And we had props that we needed to manage and set pieces that we needed to manage. So I put together a database with the help of others to begin to barcode and track all that was used. 
And in the process of that, I met people who were with giant studios who were doing motion capture. And I was really intrigued with what they were doing with motion capture. It was another thing that was completely new to me. Using a combination of cameras, sensors, and software, mocap systems accurately record body and facial movements, which are then used to drive lifelike avatars in movies, TV shows, and video games, saving countless hours. Kennedy ultimately decided to follow motion capture, a well-known form of virtual production, over to the post-production side. So I left production and began working with giant studios and eventually with profile studios and focusing more on gaming. It's still basically facilitating and producing as opposed to actually doing the work on the computer, but being a part of the process. And then about three years ago, Profile was asked to work on The Mandalorian with Epic Games and then with ILM. And I felt like when I stepped on that stage, I felt like my career had gone full circle. That I all of a sudden, I'm in an environment, I'm working with people together who represent every single department that I had been working with previously, that we're all on the stage simultaneously working together. For people coming into the business, trying to transition from having been working in post-production and then working on an LED volume with virtual environments, I think it's difficult when you haven't had the experience of being part of production and you're trying to integrate your skills into an environment that is very creative, where you're basically being informed by the technology and the visuals and you're making decisions that aren't necessarily linear. Now, we're creating 3D environments and we're including all of the visual effects elements that used to be created in post. And we're compositing them and we're creating a feedback loop in real time. It's fascinating to me that over the last 30 years, it's followed the trajectory of digital technology and the way that digital technology has changed our ability to recreate reality in a virtual environment. <laughs> During her tenure in the motion capture world, Kennedy got to experience a profoundly emotional project when she worked on a mixed reality VR installation exploring the human condition of immigrants and refugees called Carne y Arena, directed by Alejandro González Iñárritu. Alejandro had been thinking of this project for about four years, and he had a very personal connection to the experience of the people that had come in from South America. And there were about 20 of them. We didn't realize that he was bringing in the real people, that he wasn't hiring actors. So we put them all, even the kids, we put them all in motion capture suits. And we spent three days shooting them, recreating the experience. And it was really powerful because they weren't acting. They were reliving what had happened to them. It was a really special project because of that. You take your shoes off and you walk in the sand and you have the goggles on and you're alone. 
with them in this virtual world. It's really powerful. Even though her career has now come full circle and she's landed squarely at the epicenter of virtual production, Kennedy still credits basic people skills as key to her success. Communication skills are really, really important. Being able to be flexible and to be open-minded and to allow for people to be creative and to improvise is really important. I've watched the most unexpected changes happen on a set, not because of the director, the designer, the art director, but it might be somebody altogether different who has an idea or brings something to the experience because it's a collaborative effort. You're constantly being asked to do things that push the envelope, whether it's financial or whether it's doing something that there isn't enough time to get it done, or where it's something where the technology isn't quite there and you're going to push it and probably get close to breaking it, but you might actually succeed. Beginning in the summer of 2020, Kennedy worked on Epic Games' popular Unreal Fellowship program to help retrain experienced visual effects professionals in Unreal Engine. It was basically a response to the pandemic that people were stuck at home. There's all this new technology that people want to get involved in that Epic has been a part of. And the Unreal Engine just has so much potential for all different verticals. And we wanted to try and put together courses that would allow people to not only learn the tools, bring what they already know to the process, and then give them the opportunity to put what they learned into a project. And you know what's amazing is as we've been doing this, things like the MetaHuman Initiative have come online. I am a MetaHuman the next generation of digital human powered by Unreal Engine. And I've watched as students have gotten into this, that they've come up with ideas that are stimulated by their understanding of this new tech. And they're responding to the ease with which they're able to use Three Laterals new technology for metahumans. It's like they're shot out of a cannon. A goal that we really wanted to hit was allow anybody that uses the engine to create a super high fidelity digital human. Some of the shorts that have come out of the fellowship have been unbelievably creative and really inspiring. Demand for the fellowship is so strong, Kennedy is often asked for alternatives from prospective students. There's so many people that want to be a part of this. If people can't actually take the course, we're recording all of the sessions and we're creating a community of people who are in contact with each other on a regular basis. We've been trying to appeal to different companies, trying to help people who are putting together a new team and getting them all onto the fellowship so that they can share in the experience and apply it to their projects when they go back to work. 
And then we're also looking at the possibility of directing our attention to different universities and different educational institutions and focusing on groups such as cinematographers, directors. We've got all kinds of ideas on how we can start to specialize the program around those people in different departments of filmmaking and television. This isn't just about pushing buttons and not just about the tech. It's about the people bringing all different types of skills together and understanding that it's still about story and it's still about content. We're still trying to put together imagery that works for the story. The fellowship was something of a corollary to the original goal of Kennedy's work at Epic the creation of the Los Angeles Lab stage facility. We've been building a stage where we're going to be doing all kinds of events and bringing clients in to look at new tech, integrating new hardware, talking about the new features of the Unreal Engine. So even though we've been locked down with the pandemic, we've been working hard to get a space that will be up and running and available to the community. And I think a lot of the people that have been going through the fellowship and different companies that are anxious to get up and running with production again, we want to welcome them and bring them in and talk about the content that they're developing and We're excited about what we're headed into for the next few years, and we'll see where this takes us. Epic sees the promise of the LA Lab as not just for validating virtual production workflows, but also being a testbed for different technologies, all owing to the company's software development background. True to our open source and agnostic approach, Epic is very interested in trying to integrate as many different types of technology as possible. And we're talking, of course, to different camera providers like Arri and Sony and Red. And we hope to showcase all of those solutions on the stage and to encourage people to come in and understand as much as they can about a variety of different types of hardware and software solutions. We're trying to facilitate their success. That's our main goal. We want everyone to succeed at this, and we want to be the software platform that helps them do that. Beyond virtual production, Kennedy has had the opportunity to see the impact of real-time engine technology across other verticals and to envision how it might change entertainment in the future. When you really look at this and you look at the way that entertainment is evolving, You look at film and television and games, and you see the way this is all intersecting now. It's allowing us to be players in a game or in a film or video experience in a way that we've never been able to do before. Multiplayer gaming has definitely set the stage for Epic's way of thinking. I think the Fortnite experience is the beginning of helping people understand the concept of the metaverse. And it's a completely different way of approaching business instead of it being a passive experience as it has been in the past. We're moving towards a new paradigm. We're moving into a situation where 
we're going to participate in what it is we're watching. It's no longer going to be a passive experience. Kennedy sees the potential of technology for adverse outcomes, but she also genuinely believes the benefits outweigh the risks. Most of us are using this technology in ways that are positive and not negative. I mean, certainly you could go down the road of talking about deep fake and all the things that are really quite frightening about our ability to recreate reality and recreate people. Deepfakes are videos that have been altered using machine learning, a form of artificial intelligence, to show someone saying or doing something that they did not, in fact, do or say. On the other hand, the ability to put yourself into virtual experiences that feel real, I think just expand our consciousness and expand our human experience. It already is doing that. It's already putting us together with people in a creative environment that is really exciting, where we don't necessarily have to be in the same place at the same time. And it's offering us the ability to work in the cloud and to begin to put together all kinds of ideas about different types of entertainment or even solutions to things like medicine and architecture and all different types of verticals where people can participate together without being confined by geography or gender or race. I see it as a very positive future in that respect. Asked how production technology might evolve in the future, Kennedy sees shared experiences and real-time feedback as key. When I stepped onto a stage with an LED wall and a 3D environment, and we were tracking the camera in that environment, and we had a feedback loop that was allowing us to make decisions in real time, and then looking at the digital human initiative and where that's going and how that's changing everything about the way that we're creating virtual characters. I'm really excited about where we are right now. I feel like the changes are accelerated at this moment in a way that they haven't been for probably the last 10 years. I feel like we've pivoted again and we're putting together various types of technology, whether it's hardware or the kinds of advancement with motion capture, advancement with visuals, virtual environments, and our rendering capabilities that are allowing us to make these changes so quickly. And it's getting closer and closer to having the experience on a stage be the same as the experience in a real location in real time. Asked how newcomers can gain entry into the world of virtual production, Kennedy suggests learning Unreal Engine itself as a start. It's so quickly becoming a platform for virtual production that I think learning Unreal and understanding, even if you're not going to be an artist operating an Unreal machine on a stage, understanding how virtual environments are created, how they're optimized for a stage, having a base understanding of color and how that works and lensing 
There's so many different skills that are required to really understand how to recreate reality on a stage. I think there's an opportunity for people with a variety of different interests to focus on and bring to that team. Virtual production is such a catch-all. It's not one thing. So I think people may misunderstand that virtual production is something altogether new. It really is the evolution of physical production. listening to the Virtual Production Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Connie Kennedy, for joining us. This episode was written and hosted by me, Noah Kadner. This episode was edited and mixed by Corey Abel. The Virtual Production Podcast is a co-production of The Virtual Company and Abel Cine. We love virtual production and would also love to work with you. So please visit our websites and drop us a line if we can help. You can find us at ablecine.com and thevirtual.co. The Virtual Production Podcast is brought to you in part by Puget Systems, an integrator specializing in high-end desktop systems perfectly suited to virtual production. Please visit them at pugetsystems.com. Please also let us know if there's a subject or a guest you want us to have on the show. And if you like what you heard today, please consider giving us a five-star review, subscribing, and telling all your friends about us. Thanks again and see you next time.